The world has gone insane. Cosplayers rule the conventions. Gamers dominate the tabletop and the internet. Sci-fi subjugates the movies and fantasy rules the bookstore with an iron fist. Only one group can bring order to this unruly mob. A team of uber geeks, masters of the nerdly arts, trained for decades in the hobby shops and basements of the nation. Mobilized by the secret masters, they are the Department of Nerdly Affairs. Hello, operatives, and welcome to the Department of Nerdly Affairs. I'm your host, Rob Patterson, here with my co-host, Don Chisholm. Who is exorbitantly glad to see that somebody else has a mystery science theater shelf. I bet you are, sir. I bet you are. You're no longer alone. All right. And tonight, we're going to be interviewing the hosts of Dark Corners, a YouTube channel focused on obscure horror movies. And we've been joined tonight by uh, Robin Bales, the writer and host of the show. Welcome to the show, Robin. Thank you. And Graham Trofer, the producer of the show. Welcome to the show, Hello. Graham. Thank you for having us. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we've mm-hmm. been longtime fans of your YouTube channel, and we couldn't wait to talk to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always to good here. to hear. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, the uh, coronavirus has allowed us to overcome uh, time and space and mostly um, you know, time changes, and we've managed to uh, uh, find a time that worked for all of us so that we could get together. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to start off... I didn't even think off, about that. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it, it has caused a lot of problems, but it's also brought us some, a few benefits anyway. First, why don't we talk about you guys, actually? So, Graham, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, yeah, certainly. So, uh, I know I started off uh, writing. I studied in America for a year, doing theatre, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, used to perform, but I kind of lost the buzz for it, but I still liked that industry uh so that's what i kept doing uh i started a writing group in london uh which robin uh became a very good member which is how i met him and just looking for different projects to work on uh we came up with this uh with this show and it's amazing that you did okay robin how about a little bit about you uh yeah i i Similarly, I, I, I've always had an interest in film. Um, my uh, my mum and her whole side of the family, right. they're very interested in, in old films. And I inherited a bunch of old film books that belonged to my grandpa, which got me interested in old horror films and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I studied various things at university, none of which I now do. But when I was at university, I got interested in, in drama. I, used, I still do a bit of uh, acting, just amateur and I got into writing, uh, specifically comedy writing, I got into at university. Hmm. And I guess I, I I did it part-time and for myself and got a little bit of success, not a lot. And then gradually over the years got more and and it just became, it became a profession. And right. yeah, I met Graham through the London Comedy Writers, uh, which is a very good group in, in, in London. Does it still exist? Sort of came out of it. Oh yeah, it's been going for almost twenty years now. I think. Wow. Uh, oh wow. Yeah, I haven't so, been a member yeah. of it for all that time. Yeah, about twenty years. I think it was like in two thousand and one ish. It started. Should find out exactly when it was and have a celebration, really. But yes, no, nobody <laughs> who was who was there then is still there now. It's been going for that long. 
Wow, yeah. that's 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 a good group then. If it outlived it its really members, is. yeah, <laughs> that's pretty yeah. good. So, all right. So, whose idea was Dark Corners then? Grimes. Uh, it was my idea. Um, I kind of uh, sort of influenced by other channels uh, mm-hmm. online, uh, particularly Cinemassacre and the angry video game nerd and i was like right. robin's a really angry person uh, but I don't do, we don't do computer games but i know we both like these crappy films because both fans of mystery science theater i said mm-hmm. we could we should do this thing just you getting angry at bad films it's you don't have to act or anything <laughs> and so so that's how it started so we did uh we shot a a pilot episode which has never aired and i don't think i've still got it mm-hmm. uh, i do we... we're ne- that's never seen the light of day <laughs> Never. <laughs> of course uh, uh, and then uh, we, then we refined it a little bit and we did like a initial 10 episodes where the reviews were about 10 11 minutes long um 10 15 very... minutes long yeah <laughs> just just took a while uh you know, to to write them, to make them. I go, mm-hmm. we could do this faster if we just edit it down and have something tighter. Um, and right. so that became the new format, was the sort of ones that were around five minutes. Okay. Right. Now, now is, is, is this, because the, the, the format of your show, of your channel, mm-hmm. has changed a little bit, because the original ones, it was, uh, it was uh, Dark Corners of This Sick World, I think was the official yes. title that's that is Our... still our full name because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, because they were different and your earlier ones too you had um you did production because you would do like little um like special effects bits at, at the, the beginning oh, yeah the end, so that that's yeah that's the second series so that was when we sort of first sort of tried the short form and um, those went out fortnightly so that gave me sort of a week to write to edit the video and a week to figure out a special effects opening but that ultimately very time consuming and actually coming up with a different gimmick for every single episode was uh, was taxing just for those 10 so we ditched we ditched that segment but if you on a different youtube channel you can find the first series which is uh, again a slightly different format okay well, how did you settle on the format to begin with? Who whose idea was it to do the way do it the way you're doing it? Um, Robin, <laughs> I seem to remember because, like as Graham says, we did the first series and it didn't get it didn't it didn't quite ta- it didn't take off in any way whatsoever. Um, and mm-hmm. it was also very di- it was time consuming to do. And I seem to remember coming to Graham with this idea that there used to be a TV show. Um, it was called Harry Hill's TV Burp, and it was okay. uh, on the BBC. And it was just a man making fun of what was on TV. And he used to do this little segment called "In a Nutshell," which was just condensing the whole of um, an episode of television into like one clip from it. And I thought that's what we—that's not exactly that we should be doing, but that idea of the show in a nutshell mm-hmm. was what I thought. Okay, we can reduce this down to like. Um, to the absolute basics. So I think um, in the, when we came back with that with the for, with that format, then the initial episodes were only like three minutes long, and we and we really were emphasising brevity because we thought people don't really people on YouTube just want something as quick as possible. If they see something's longer than five minutes, you want something that you can watch at work while your boss isn't watching. And if it goes <laughs> over five minutes, then that, that that takes you out of it. 
since then, the episodes have just sort of crept up and up and up, and they're now going back in the direction of where they were in the first series. But now we have an audience established. That doesn't matter so much. Mm-hmm. And the the whole in a nutshell thing didn't last very long, really. I think just that second series, it was just, here's what's wrong with this in one line. Now we try to get everything that's wrong with it into a, into a short time. It's still shorter than it was, but... Mm-hmm. It's big, they've become more reviews over the year, I th- uh, years. I think we found that we can yeah. be funny while still making good points about the about the films. But I think they, they, that's where they started, but they've evolved naturally over the last however many years it is we've been doing them. Okay, yeah, because I noticed too. Uh, one of the things about a lot of the the reviews that you do that it's something you don't see a lot of on the internet is I notice you don't just critique, but you can review like one of the most horrifyingly bad films ever. But you'll find good points within it. And that's that's something I find interesting because, again, most things on the internet seem to either be the greatest thing ever or the most horrible thing that humanity has ever, ever contrived, according to the reviewers. Yeah, I think yeah, it's, that, that's the case. Like, there's got to be something about the film that makes us want to talk about it. And that is usually there is a good, there is a good nugget of an idea that's been ruined mm-hmm. by uh, <laughs> by them doing it cheaply or fast or or just not taking the extra time to to write the script or flesh out an idea right yeah mm. i think it also comes partly from the fact that like i said we both came from a writer's group and what what happens there is you read through somebody's script and then get critique from the room and you mm. always want to tell somebody something positive alongside you know you can fix this and you can fix that you want to say the good things as well so i think maybe that sort of fed into into the reviews a bit plus credit where okay. credit's due you know if you've got a film made then good for you, you deserve some credit. <laughs> yeah yeah just getting a film made is a pretty big accomplishment yeah, yeah. yes yeah <laughs> yeah because because that's it oh sorry go ahead no i was gonna say even if that film was blood of dracula <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes because it's 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 surprising to me to find out that um the two of you have such an academic background for for story and end up reviewing things like blood of dracula or my favorite the perils of gwendolyn in the land of the yik oh, <laughs> <laughs> like like that that se- that seems an, an interesting personal journey to go from 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 university to actual writing groups to the the aforementioned yik yak. Well, I mean, my my background in academia is I studied animal behaviour with ecology and conservation. It's not like I'm (laughs) using this. (laughs) But but in that sense, Robin is incredibly smart and incredibly knowledgeable about classic cinema, especially silent cinema, uh, which is why we've Mm. done reviews mm-hmm. on Murnau and uh, Lon Chaney. Uh, so I kind of look at these other reviews that we do. It's kind of like slumming it. So, you know, it's really <laughs> nice to have like a really nice meal, but every now and again, you just want a burger. Right. And that's also, I think it's just kind of like that. You, you don't want to, you don't want to have to think about it. You just want to put it on and just enjoy it. I don't know if that's the right word, but... <laughs> Right. Or just re or just reassure yourself that you're more superior. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, there's definitely some of that where you're laughing at it rather than with it. No question on that. Um, 
Okay, that's that's pretty interesting. So what criteria do you use when picking your movies to cover? How do you guys decide what you're going to cover then? Good title. That's a common one. So if, it's yeah. called, if you find a film called Blood Orgy of the She-Devils, then you know we're going to review it. We also get a lot of recommendations these days, less so when we started. Then we were just going through the obvious ones. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, people get in touch with us. A lot of our Patreon supporters have... Uh, ideas and people just uh, tweet us and say how about this one how about this one and we'll check them out and see what we think that we never guarantee it in the end you watch the film and it works or it doesn't and there are some bad films that just don't work for us but Mm -hmm. um, yeah as Graham said a good title is really is is it it just really helps sell the review as you said um, (laughs) perils of Gwendolyn in the land of the yik yak if you've never you're going to check that out yeah No, no slave question. girls from be slave girls from beyond infinity you're gonna yeah, watch it. yeah yeah because because i i've been amazed going through um like the the dark corner reviews that you found movies i've never heard of and 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 that's an achievement because i i used to think i'd seen every crappy movie ever made but you, you found like a bunch that i'm like i'd never seen that before i think i, mean, I, give, I give credit to that for our fans because um mm-hmm. we there, we're still being sent names. That, I mean, we've been doing this for so many years now. And of course, you learn about one. And then when you look that up on IMDb, that uh, deviates out into lots of other films. You learn about this director. You learn about this actor. And yet we're still being sent ideas of films that we've never heard of from directors who seem to have a huge back catalogue of films that we've never heard of. There's just so much out there. We could do this for yeah. decades. And that's and we we really haven't tapped into the sort of eighties video market that much. So mm-hmm. you hit the eighties direct to video market, and there's loads that we haven't even gone near yet that <laughs> sort of fit that bill. Uh, so yeah, because we're kind of running out of the fifties uh, monster movies now. Right, which is a shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because there was there was one uh, another recent one. It was the uh, uh, the post apocalypse roller disco one. Rollerblade. There's like there's like yeah. three other sequels to that. So we've only done the first yeah. of four films. Yeah, and, and that's what I I'd never heard of the first. I, I must see this as and in the Revere you mentioned there's more, and I'm like, where have these been hiding? <laughs> this is like the right. greatest film ever made. <laughs> <laughs> that really wasn't my takeaway. <laughs> are you kidding half naked rollerblade post-apocalypse disco guns if, if you throw in a giant robot that's like the best thing ever uh, and, and shakespearean language just so you feel that you've been a little bit more yeah. cultured when you're watching yeah exactly oh, yeah that's true wow so there's a question then how when you guys are deciding what you're going to include and what you're not going to include from these movies how how long a process is that like some of these movies like you know can be two hours long and i don't imagine you want to sit through them too many times <laughs> and we just had like robin just wrote one review and he was complaining to me that this film was like an hour and 45 minutes because we've had a really good stint of films being around 70 to 80 minutes um, right. it's like, this is the longest mm. film we've ever reviewed <laughs> it's not we've done the couple that are over two hours <laughs> It just oh, felt wow. like it. <laughs> yeah, I object to those strongly. <laughs> Basically, what Graham will sometimes put together like a, a USB of, of film saying, here are some good good um, titles that I thought you can take a look at. 
I watch them in order of how long they are, basically. <laughs> I just can't right. bring myself to get and hope and we'll pro- if anything is over an hour and a half, I'll probably forget about it. Unless it sounds really good. Wow. Right. Okay. I'm so lazy about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it must take a fair amount of time to do this. It, I think we've we streamlined it over the years. Um, usually I won't watch too many... Um, we don't do all of the ones that I watch, obviously, but usually right. when you're about half an hour into a film or or halfway through a film and it's you're just thinking this this isn't going to be funny enough, this isn't going to be anything enough. Mm-hmm. The problem is sometimes sometimes you can hang on. There's a film we did called The Black Sleep, which is uh, black and white. It's got a few big stars in it and mm-hmm. it really didn't work until sort of like the last half hour, 20 minutes. And I'm glad I clung on because at that point, John Carradine showed up and it suddenly <laughs> became absolutely mental. It just it was just bonkers. Right. It was worth doing for that last bit. So I always have that in my mind when I'm watching a film yeah. that isn't working, just thinking, has this got the potential to be a bit more bonkers down the line? Because mm. so that, that Black Sleep is a great film because you've got uh, Lon Chaney Jr., Bella Lugosi, uh, John Carradine. Is it Basil, Basil Rathbone, Rathbone in there I as well? Think, it's like a proper sort of House of Horror thing. Yeah. Tor um, Johnson. Tor oh. Johnson. It's... Uh, yeah, and and the and the third act is everything you could hope for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I I can see that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So Robin will tend to write a draft of the script, which he'll then send over to me with a a voiceover, and then I'll do an edit uh, of it, and then while I watch the film, I'll pick out clips that I think are funny, and then. We can look at the script, how it works with the clips, what works, what doesn't work. And then if I have extra gags, then I'll sort of try and convince him to put them in. And uh, and that's how we get our final scripts. So we have like a pre-edit done before we film. So we kind right. of know how all the episodes are going to look. All right. right. That helps us to turn them over quite quickly. We can theoretically film on, a, on sort of like Monday afternoon and put it out that evening. Because it, it just... Yeah the video of me just slots into the, the, the track that Graham's already done. Right. Okay. Sure. So when you're doing this, do you actually, do you, uh, when you're going through the film, do you just grab clips as you're going then? What you think is going yeah. to be the best spots? Yeah. So basically I'll, when I watch the film, I'll have it in, in the editing software and right. I'll have Robin's time codes of clips. So as a, a clip comes up that Robin selected, I just put it on a different timeline If I see something I like, whether it's something that's funny or it's a a good visual that I think will work in the background, then I'll put it up. Then I'll make his edit. I'll take all of the rest of the clips and put that at the end of the timeline. So then I've got them there for quick reference. And I'll send all of that over to Robin so he can look at those extra clips Mm -hmm. and maybe he spots something in there that he wants to put in uh, based on, you know, funny little moments he might have missed. Right. Okay, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, so no. I have a... Oh, sorry, John, go. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I was just going to say, um, when you're doing the Dark Corners reviews, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the goal of those is, is, is strictly entertainment. Do you ever feel... Because I know you also do, uh, like, retrospectives and actual, yeah. like, reviews of stuff. 
is that because you get that urge you want to add some information to this as opposed to just the humor or is that something that 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 means more to you or is that out of like an affection for these films or or uh, how does that work i'll let you well, go we do, i mean okay the specials that we do are i think exclusively about films we uh, are about like quality films good films mm-hmm. um so i don't think we've ever included in a special anything from the bad movie reviews they we started doing the specials really because yeah we are film fans we wanted to talk about films that we're passionate about and it can be a little bit soul destroying if all we do is just <laughs> is just trash them you want to say no no because you know some people do make comments sort of say uh you just hate all movies and it, no no we don't we like these ones we like uh, we like old films we like good films so it, it and yeah really it was about getting out our passion genuine passion for the stuff that we liked so there's sort of like the old universal films and in my case i do sort of silent film ones graham writes the special has written specials about star wars and indiana jones mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean do, did you want to add anything to that graham yeah i think our logic there is that we like these old crappy movies but we also like good yeah. movies and we kind of right. assume that the audience will probably like the same and mm-hmm. so it should work out which is why where we got our sort of the tagline for the channel is the best and worst of genre cinema so right. we're still sort of mm-hmm. we still feel that we're within brand of mm-hmm. talking about classic genre cinema but we get to talk about both sides to it and get a bit of history um yeah and i think you know the not to put on sort of the same level as a John Stewart or something, but in the Daily Show, how they can be very funny about things, but then can also, because they're knowledgeable about the topic, can also be very serious about it as well. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it sort of lends credibility to the jokes because we're coming from an informed place. We're not just pointing at something and laughing. Right, right. right. Now, I have a question. Did either of you actually watch movies like this when you were young when you were growing up uh, robin how about uh, you no, first not really uh, <laughs> not the bad ones no um a couple i mean there's a couple of them i had seen um night of the leapers which we did way 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 back <laughs> of course um that's uh, my first exposure to that was a video that belonged to my grandpa and that that was just nuts of course there's a and so some of the classic ones i'd have seen but mostly not the, the the ones that we do for the specials, some of the the universal horrors, I definitely seen when I was a kid. And mm-hmm. like I say, uh, my mum, my grandpa, are big fans of that. How about you, Graham? Yeah, I, I definitely sort of um, I grew up uh, with you know a child of the eighties, so with Star Wars and Indiana Jones, but Jackie Chan as well, like that mm-hmm. and horror. What you got to see of that, and then um, I think it was like when the film Edwards when Ed Wood started getting this resurgence, then I started to Mm -hmm. sort of take notice of bad movies. And just before the film was released, there just seemed to be a lot of information about Ed Wood. They released a lot of his films on VHS. Uh, You know, these like Jailbait, Glenn or Glenda, Plan 9. Right. Uh, And so I started to get into those crappy films then. And then discovering Mystery Science Theatre 3000, that was like Mm -hmm. a, that was really sort of the big in to seeing a lot of these films so not watching them isolated but watching them with the you know the really funny commentary from from those guys 
Okay, I, uh, we were curious about that because, as you probably know, here in North America, we literally grew up with these things because yeah. there's so many yeah. uh, independent channels that they they just needed stuff to actually fill the time with. So, like, Saturday afternoons, they would literally just show these movies straight up. And in yeah. the evenings and at nighttime. Yeah, there's just no... There's just not... That doesn't... That never happened over here in the same way. Um Although um, Mark Mark Kermode used to have a series that he did where he would sort of find uh, some yeah. slightly obscure weird films, uh, and he'll do yeah. a, he's like a critic, um, still doing great criticism now, and he'll do like a little introduction to the film beforehand for little things for you to look out to. I mean, it's not on the same level as uh, uh, is it? Who's the horror host? Bob um, Elvira. Elvira, but there's also another one, Bob. What's his name in America? Ah, oh, uh, you're talking about Bob. Oh my God, uh, what was his name? Uh, we're all gonna hate that. <laughs> yeah, Bob Wilkins. Mm. Yes, Bob Wilkins. Yeah. that was his name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we don't have we don't have any tradition of that, but Mark Mode was was sort of an example of someone who was sort of bringing light to these films. Right, uh, right. Um, another critic was Kim Newman, uh, who would mention oh, yeah. them in um in some of the magazines that we have out here in the uk right okay yeah kim newman is an extraordinary it has a, an encyclopedic knowledge of horror film he's a really amazing historian and critic he's a, a, a he, he seems to have seen every bad movie ever made wow does he have a youtube hmm. channel or where do you find his reviews um i don't know now we do because he's not with empire anymore yeah, because so I know him as he was a critic for Empire magazine. And he had his own oh, okay. little, and it was only like a little sidebar that he would have, like his yeah. Kim Newman's video dungeon. video dungeon. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then he used to write for Sight and Sound as well, I think. But obviously, different level yeah. of uh, <laughs> critiquing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because so it, it's interesting that yeah, you that people who from our point of view that people who didn't grow up with this would actually be so fascinated by these films but i guess we can credit yeah mystery science mystery science theater probably for a lot of it i guess in the end um yeah. but that and the yeah, internet yeah, they're much more available it. now yeah <laughs> that's true well there, there's an interesting question so is part of the reason you did this also because they're free and mostly copyright free as well on the internet and you can just grab these films and just just put them slap them together without worrying about people hunting you down well, I, well, I'll take that once I deal with all the copyright issues. Um, a lot of the films that we review obviously aren't uh, out of copyright. And even it's it's a sort of a minefield. So you have to edit the films very carefully. So we don't, you're, there's a reason that none of the clips are longer than five seconds. So you've got to justify every clip that you put in there. So we're... Mm-hmm we're picking films but we're reviewing them so it comes under a fair use defense which means we can't sort of show a big scene we have to mm. cut every so quite a lot of the sort of editorializing of it is to sort of ah. avoid copyright in that sense um and quite a few of our videos have got uh you know copyrights not strikes but where they've sort of claimed the copyright mm-hmm. and uh so we don't make any money off those reviews, but uh, right, yeah, uh, we got if we if that happens, just kind of accept it and move on. 
there's you know we make right. enough of them yeah, but it is <laughs> right yeah yeah when we started we stuck to copyright films that are out of copyright but again it's it might be out of copyright in america but in the uk our copyright laws are different so a film that's not is out of copyright in america our laws are different so it could still technically be in copyright so depending on the countries it's it can vary yes yeah, yeah although i thought it was usually the opposite because american copyright laws mostly thanks to mickey mouse are basically mm-hmm. almost eternal at this point uh where they just yeah. keep extending them whereas in the uk and and canada's and australia we guys we have shorter copyright laws yeah. Well, if you take something like uh, Night of the Living Dead, which is mm-hmm. one, you know, one of the most famous films for being out of copyright, yes. is because they never put the copyright mark in in the film. So yeah. therefore, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you haven't copyrighted it. While in the UK, as soon as you create something, it's mm-hmm. copyrighted. You don't have to do anything. Right. So, yeah. so that film would be out of copyright in America, but it might still be in copyright here. Ah, OK. OK. Yeah. makes sense because um, yeah. I think we're pretty much the same here in Canada where we're also mm-hmm. um, it, once you just create something I believe you automatically have the copyright to it for however long yeah, it's, yeah. You, you you have the in Canada it's uh, until I think it's still 50 years after you die you, the, yeah. the rights belong to you yeah and they did with um, A Wonderful Life which is another one that's you know renowned for being out of copyright but then they went well actually it's based on this book so the, mm-hmm. the story isn't out of copyright <laughs> and so they've sort of clawed it back uh, so all of the images you can use but mm-hmm. you can't use any of the dialogue although somebody could argue that you're using um uh, who's the main actor in that film uh jimmy stewart jimmy stewart you're mm-hmm. using his image without his permission so you might still be breaching a copyright somewhere uh, yeah. so you just we just got to make sure that the reviews you are commenting on the clips so it, there's a justification for showing them right hmm. okay so it's all coming under fair use and that's that's the yeah. whole point makes sense yeah, yeah. although it it, it kind of makes me wonder not for the copyright thing but have you ever heard from somebody who will say objected to your treatment of their film <laughs> yes a couple of times uh, really no we one no, we had only the, well, the director. I'm, I'm not going to mention his name, uh, just because he, uh, the fact that we got a takedown notice from the director, uh, I think, was a big sign. Like usually, we'll, if you get a copyright notice, it's coming from the production company, but this mm-hmm. was directly from the uh, from the director of that particular film. And it, it seemed that he was working on trying to do a remake at the time, which has since oh. gone, which has since disappeared. So I don't know if our film right. killed his chances of remaking <laughs> it. Oh. So, so that was one that we had, and then we also had on. He didn't object to it, but he did comment on it on our review of Rockula, the uh, the star of that. He commented. Oh, the on, star did. Yeah, he commented on the uh, review. <laughs> Okay, but uh, but you, so... you... Oh, sorry. no 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 like John uh, Joe Don Baker thing like for the Mystery Science Theater guys or that. No. Okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but have you actually had people that were actually happy with your review? That you actually heard from people that said, that was great, that kind of thing. Ah, uh, 
I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I had a couple of people on, on some of the specials, then people who were involved in the movies originally mm-hmm. have, have, have got in touch. And yeah. Or, or, or relatives of them. Right. Yeah, we've had a few. Mm-hmm. We've had a few relatives nice. comments. So um, mm-hmm. yeah. we had like the uh, the son of one of the actresses in Gangosaurus Rex. You know, he mentioned <laughs> that. Oh, my mum did this film. They didn't think it was going to be anything. But it's not. Don't worry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and I think we had like Bella Lugosi's one of Bella Lugosi's grandchildren whether or not mm-hmm. it really was or not but he, he commented uh, on uh, on one of the reviews in a nice way that it was still right. being remembered mm-hmm. so yeah so we've had we've had a few I think we've had the the writer of uh, um, oh, Chainsaw Hookers also oh. uh, commented <laughs> oh. so yeah so occasionally they sort of uh, they pop in <laughs> It does happen. Okay, wow, the writer of Chainsaw Hookers. That's that's quite the um, quite the catch. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Interesting. Um, so let's see. So here's a question: Have you actually been recommended films that were just too terrible to discuss? Like, have there been films that you you're, that you've been recommended, or you come across, and you're like, no, this is just so bad, even we can't handle this. Um, yeah, uh, it's usually, I mean, it depends on your definition of terrible, I suppose. Usually when we won't do something mm-hmm. because it's too bad, right. then it's because it's too boring. Right. <laughs> so there's, um, oh, I can't remember the director's name now, but it, it, it was one called Petrified World, which I, I still hold up as like my, that's my landmark of just how boring a film can be. <laughs> <laughs> that That was... Just John Carradine and four... It's always John Carradine. Right. Yeah, and, and four other people wandering around a cave for about 30 minutes and nothing happening. And they didn't meet anything. They didn't. They were just <laughs> lost in a cave. And I assume the film went... Maybe the film got really interesting, but half an hour was when I just checked out. And right. I thought, no, this is... Imp- I can't make... The thing... It, we talk about these as being bad films and terrible films, and they mm-hmm. are, but... They're all entertaining. They've got to be entertaining enough for us to say something about them and for it to come back at us. That you know, they've got to have made us laugh at some point. Mm-hmm. So it's usually it's usually boring. That's just where we check out. That's where, and that's those are the worst films, really. If a film can't even be entertaining in a bad way, right? Then that's a really really bad film. So those, mm-hmm. but those we just can't do because there's nothing funny to say about. Right. Them. Yeah. Okay. No. Nope. All then you can other- do to demonstrate it is show a clip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, something boring. Yeah. And then the other thing we won't do is um, sort of asylum films. So your Sharknados, because they're mm. kind of done in such a way where they're acknowledging their shit. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's kind of, you can't make fun of something if they're already making fun of it themselves. Right. And, every, yeah. and a lot of the stuff is done to be ludicrous. And because it's done in such a knowing way, you can't really comment on it and joke about it. So we we avoid asylum, all of those sort of love anchulas and sharknados and shark to pussies and all of those. <laughs> mm-hmm. hmm. So actually, a lot of them, since a lot of the modern movies seem to be like that, it's all you're almost running out of material, or at least they're not making a lot of good new material for you. Then, well, we don't really go post nineteen ninety anyway. Yeah. Um, for uh, for the regular reviews, so right. it doesn't affect us. And I mean, to be honest, we did think at some point we're going to run out of films, but 
as I said earlier, it just doesn't seem to be the case. Oh, great. Um, we just, it's now amazing we... the stuff that's out there that you... I, I found one recently called Nightmare Weekend, which I think is up there oh. with some of the worst we've ever done. And I can't believe I'd never heard of it. Mm. It seemed like such a... It seems to be quite a well-known bad film, yet it never come up before. Right. Um, Don, what's the, what's the Canadian one that basically is like one of the very first slasher films? Is it Black Christmas? Yeah, I think Black Christmas was a, a Canadian one. There's there was the that was there was Black Christmas and there was another one. Was it the one where they it was the first time you saw everything from the killer's point of view? I think it was. I'm trying to remember what film that was. Um I don't so yeah, you guys actually are you familiar with the term can exploitation? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we we produced a lot of bad films. We produced a lot. Of, so so if you ever need bad films, just dip into that pile and you'll find lots. Don't worry. Yeah, there was, there was what was the one Plague was the the one oh. just uh just suggested to us that's a Canadian bad film. Yeah, but that falls under yeah, the yeah. category of uh boring as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Yeah, kind of but, it, well, but if you want to do a topical film, Plague would be one. Yeah, look up Plague by a uh, Canadian true. film from the 1980s. <laughs> oh. Yeah, check it out. Because I've, no, I've noticed your selection of films does seem to be extremely cosmopolitan. That You do like a lot of the, uh, like the, 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 the 50s and the 60s, like European stuff and Italian stuff, uh, as, as well as the more familiar like North American or UK kind of films. Yeah, um, no, no, yeah. Um, we're, we're not. Sorry, go on. Oh no, no, you go. I, I wasn't really going to say. We we're not. We don't, we don't discriminate. We'll take bad films from wherever they come <laughs> from, as long as we can get a a good version of it. You know, with some of the European ones, especially, then you've got to find a decent dub. Yeah, um, and it has to be dubbed because uh, can sometimes. Yeah. yeah, and it has to be yeah, dubbed because we, we don't want to deal with subtitles. Thing. <laughs> Yeah, this is the problem that we have a sort of a call and response style where I say something and then the movie—it's like the movie reacts to what right, I said—and right. mm-hmm. that doesn't work, that doesn't work with the subtitles. Yeah. So it's got to be like that. But, but and the also, fact is, there's lots of really good bad films from Europe, yeah. especially Italy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think also the um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say now. It was something about oh the 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 translations are often make the film funnier as well. Um, right, especially yeah, like, yeah. if you take some of the Godzilla ones, you just get the most horrendous racist accents. <laughs> right. Oh. Yes, uh, you do. So yeah. Yeah. So you. So with a dub, you get a whole extra level of comedy from. <laughs> no, no, I can totally see that, and and your call and response style is actually one of the things that helps make I think your channel a little bit unique among the reviewers that are similar to you. Is that mm-hmm. is that style where you're really almost interacting with the movie sometimes? Yeah, yeah, that's something we, I, that really that really has worked for us through the years, and it makes it easier to make the jokes. You know, you can mm-hmm. either you you can set up. Ideally, we want me to set up the joke, and then the movie sort of delivers the punchline, and it can work the other way as well. But it, it, it just like you say, it sets us apart. Anything that sets us apart is good because there are an awful lot of bad movie reviewers out there. Yeah, well, yeah. I just, the call and response kind of comes a bit from uh, I worked on uh, different clip shows, uh, TV's Naughtiest Blunders and uh, sort of the UK version of um, America's Funniest Home Videos. And that was kind of the style that you used on that show is that the voiceover's not 
the star the clips of the star and so we tried to sort of you know promote you know you're talking about the film so we want to see those clips um although obviously robin does write very funny as well and uh you know a lot of the jokes come both ways but it but that sort of mentality of making the clips the stars was something that we discussed um when we sort of switched the format yeah okay okay uh, one one kind of thing that that kind of we, we've been sort of dancing around and i'm extremely curious now to hear what you guys think is what do you consider for for film what makes a film good and what makes a film bad like are we talking like good, good, or good, bad, <laughs> bad, bad? You well, got the, you got the whole spectrum. <laughs> yeah, that is true, isn't it? Well, I'd say um um to 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 either effect. Like, what is a good, good film? A good, bad film? A bad, good film? And a bad, bad film? I guess. <laughs> you can definitely answer that one. Uh, well, I think I, a good, good film. I think is so determined on who you are and uh, on the individual. Uh, so mm. everyone's going to have a different taste in films. Like you'll go if you go on IMDb, you'll see that a film like Alien versus Predator has most of its votes in ten stars and one star. <laughs> like right. so, some people, yeah. that's the yeah. best film, and for other people, it's the worst. So yeah, on an individual level, for me, a, a good film is I don't know being entertained. I, you know, Indiana Jones, the that that trilogy of films is fantastic. The fourth one, it's not. Uh-uh. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, I can enjoy Jackie Chan. Um, I like a lot of the uh, House of Flying Daggers. So, mm. But yeah, so Good many choice. different films. I, I've got mountains of DVDs and Blu-rays. So I think it depends on my mood and what I want to do. But a good story, good characters, uh, making sure that those characters are driving the story. It's not just things happening around them uh mm. yeah that's what makes a good film for me robin good film yeah um it's it's is a difficult question because in the end i do i do think that there's a line drawn between what's like um a great film and what's a film that you enjoy there are films that i enjoy that are not necessarily mm. great films <laughs> and equally um I would ignore that the example I always use is 2001 A Space Odyssey. This is a, that's a great film. I just don't enjoy it very much. Mm. Um, I'm so with you on my, that. I'm sure my, my, my dad will listen to this at some point and disown me because he's a big fan of the film. But, <laughs> I, um, I saw it, 2000... just, it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. And that's fine. I saw 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, there was a, it was picked by John Landis to view. And so he did like a little Q&A beforehand and he selected... He had two films in mind. He was going to either pick 2001 A Space Odyssey or um, The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. And I was like, why did you pick 2001? But he (laughs) sat in the audience with us and the film started up, uh, you know, it was proper 70 millimeter print and the overture came on and John Landis turned around to us all and went, oh, you're in luck. They're playing the overture. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So for him, it's, you know, and this is a guy who's made you know films uh, american werewolf in london you know it's kind of like the films that we, horror films that we love uh but it's super excited to see 2001 on the big screen but it's it is a very slow film and it's it's not one that i'm yeah. gonna put on to watch 
anytime soon. Yeah. But it is a good film. Mm-hmm. And there are people who get a lot more out of it. So this is this is the difficult thing. I mean, I think with bad films, it's almost easier because it, 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 if you don't like something, you don't like it. But mm-hmm. and and again, that doesn't necessarily make it a bad film. But if something, if the characters aren't are just cutouts, if there isn't like a clear story, if the characters aren't going on a journey, then I think that's easier to spot sometimes. Defining what makes a good film great. That's just like an X factor that you, you can't really put your finger finger on. Mm. Describing why a film is bad, why it hasn't worked, that's sometimes easier. Because films can fail to be great even if they follow all the rules. Right. But, if a film doesn't fo- fo- but if a film doesn't follow any of the rules, then it will probably be bad. And if it is bad, then you can certainly say why. Right. Is that make it, does that make any sense? It's, <laughs> yeah, actually, it, 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 it does. I, I think because you're... I think there is for for the the viewer deciding good or bad. There's a personal thing because uh, I'm put in mind. I know a lot of people that can't watch like old movies. They can't even get into say like the the classic Universal movies, which I think are fantastic. But it's because they can't get into the effects, mm-hmm. and that one thing is kind of that that stumbling block for them for them to get in. But it's that that very personal sort of 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 side to it that that i've always kind of thought it's climatization Mm. yeah Yeah, because you mentioned 2001 and that's considered a big classic and i think in part because when it came out it was the first realistic depiction of 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 space travel and that blew everybody's mind but the thing is 20 30 40 years later we've seen all of those things all over again so if you're a younger viewer when you look at that even though that's the prototype film that established all of this and was the first to to chart these grounds image and effect and concept wise it's still going to feel old hat to you because you've experienced all of its descendants before seeing it That's true. You get that with um, something like Dracula, mm. um, the original with Bela Lugosi. Right. You get, this was a huge film at the time and, of course, started the whole of the universal horror cycle. The, the, it, but it has not aged well. It mm-hmm. really it doesn't hold up as a great film, whereas Frankenstein made a matter of months later, mm-hmm. it, although it has some of the same uh, technical issues. It doesn't have a soundtrack, which is always something that takes you out of those early talking films. Um, some of the effects are a bit clunky compared to the modern day but because it has great characters has a great story it's such a well-directed film that holds up while dracula doesn't Mm -hmm. and then you get to uh bride of frankenstein and that's incredibly enjoyable just yeah you know they at that point they nailed it It took them like three films but that film holds up beautifully and is super entertaining the characters are so good in it from um uh, pretorius and the blind man Mm -hmm. uh just just a great film yeah i think time and time again what we come to when we're looking at the bad films is really what will often define them is the characters that there are bad characters who are who you don't want to spend time with because if you don't (laughs) Mm. invest in the character then it almost doesn't matter if they're trying to save it doesn't matter what they do if you don't invest in them then you won't invest in their journey and conversely if you do invest in the characters then you'll watch them go to the shops it doesn't matter True. So if you have great characters, it saves you so much time mm-hmm. because you, because the audience will go with you wherever. This feels like a lecture now. <laughs> no, 
that's okay. That's actually that's that's a that's really uh, interesting to think about it that way. And I completely agree. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it is all about the characters and connecting with those characters. And I would argue that's one of the things that makes so many of these movies bad is that they often they mm. the characters are just wooden cutouts and so many of them. Absolutely. Um, my my I have a. Uh, as regular viewers you probably know I do have a real thing with the asshole heroes that you get it's in, really from the 1930s through to the 1980s the, 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 the quality of hero I feel is <laughs> terrible they're always such pricks mm-hmm. yeah, is, 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 is that partly why you've been uh, not hitting the 80s direct-to-video movies as hard as you could I don't make sense I mean it's not like we we've, we've the, the 80s ones we've done still have their asshole heroes. <laughs> yes. I think I think it's a problem a lot of the 80s ones I think when we get there they the action ones are all quite similar. So you can only do so many of them yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we kind of when we're mm-hmm. picking the reviews going back to that is we're always looking for a variety of films in each batch. So it'd be good to get a monster film. It'd be good to get a um I don't know just other sorts a sci-fi an alien yeah. one um mm-hmm. yeah just uh, mm-hmm. and and different eras of something from the 50s something from the 70s uh yeah to get keep that mix of films always coming in yeah right right now do you guys break things down into seasons like do you actually have, have separate seasons and how many do you do per season uh so the first season was 10 episodes which that spanned over the course of six or so months. Uh, mm-hmm. The second season was 10 episodes and spanned over um, 20 weeks because they went out fortnightly. And then we switched to weekly. And at the end of the third season, we just sort of called it every year was a new season. So a new season right. starts on Halloween. Oh. So that's how we sort of defied yeah. it. And it's just, I think it's, Sometimes we'll retool them a little, but not. Yeah, very much it will sort of. Uh, yeah, if there's. So there, if there's if there's like a. Sorry, if there's if there's like a change in how it opens or how it closes, then that that's when it'll happen. But we don't do it very much mm-hmm. anymore. Right. So you're actually producing fifty-two reviews a year then, at this point. Well, no, we do. So you got fifty-two regular reviews. Yeah, uh, every we're Tuesday. Aiming for every Tuesday. We for yeah. Patreons we do an extended discussion about that film, so that's another ah, fifty-two okay. films. Okay. Uh, every year the Patreons get one exclusive review, so that's fifty-three reviews and a, mm-hmm. and a commentary for that. Then we aim to do a special, approximately once a month, but I think we miss our mark on that quite often. Uh, mm-hmm. But so that's let's say that's another ten. Then we do the advent calendar at christmas that's another Mm -hmm. 25 uh so yeah we're churning out quite a lot of content (laughs) yes you are now is is this your full-time job is this how you make your money nope (laughs) (laughs) not not even close it has it's reached the point of being a (laughs) part-time job yeah no we definitely do not get the money back for the time we spend putting into it (laughs) But uh, hopefully the idea is it's growing all the time and because we've got a big archive now, when we Mm -hmm. see a boost in views, we can see people going through the archive. Mm -hmm. So the hope is there that eventually it will pay off and we'll be able to dedicate more and more time to it. 
Uh, it sounds like you're already dedicating a lot of time to it. <laughs> well, you have a, like I said, we've got a very good uh, routine of how we produce it. So right. um, Robin, Robin's writing a review a week. I'm doing a rough cut of it each week. We'll then film uh, up to eight episodes in one day. So we're not meeting oh, up okay. every week to film. We'll bulk shoot mm-hmm. eight episodes in one go. That makes um, sense. So that's sort of, and then, yeah. This is why before the lockdown started, we'd shot quite a lot. So we got quite a long way into the lockdown with working on old reviews. It, it, it was only this week that we finally ran out and had to shoot one in my in my living room. <laughs> so that way, okay. you know, I'm able to get ahead of get everything all uploaded and just stay ahead. So then, if other life things are happening. I can not do anything for a couple of weeks and it's not going to affect uh, right. the reviews no, going no. out. Good plan. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that explains the hair. <laughs> ah, yeah, the hair is, is, is variable. And it, it's, it, it always seemed... I, I wasn't sure if that was intentional or that, but your your hairstyle always seemed to come in blocks that for, for say, a month or so, you, you'd have That's one. Exactly and then, right. yeah. Okay, and that, that now that makes sense because it would be weird that every month or two you would completely change your look and then stick with it for a bit and then it would be different before but if you're filming in, in bulk that kind of explains how that happens there's, yep, there's way it. more obsession of Robin's hair than I think he ever imagined <laughs> well that just yeah it started I think when I grew it long it really did hmm. take off well that just shows that your fans care about you Bizarre. You're, you you've hmm. got you've you, you've got they fans. do. It's it's quite surprising. There's been more comments about my facial hair from the from the last <laughs> review yes. than, uh, than the quality of the review. But that was right. it. When his hair got re- when his hair got really long, I managed to guilt trip him on camera into shaving it off to donate it to uh, one of the charities that uh, collect human hair to make wigs for kids who oh, have okay. lost it through chemotherapy. Right. So. Uh, so yeah, so he'd just been growing it casually, and then I just dropped that on him in a uh, in a video where we're talking, and uh, and guilted him into it. And then you went and did it again, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. So, I did. So somewhere, so <laughs> well, it's just hair, and apparently so they wanted it. So <laughs> somewhere, somewhere, there's a couple of kids running around with a wig of Robin's hair. <laughs> oh my god, that's not a bad. That's not a bad idea. Like that's that. Did you ever think to make that like a regular event, maybe, or to 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 do uh, donations or that from that? Two was <laughs> enough. I really. So many people prefer it long. I absolutely hate it. So it. it I. I guess I might do it again sometime. But is it because mm, people said you look it like? It's really selfish when I come to describe it. So <laughs> screw the kids. But I. I just hate is it because. Yeah, and it takes mm. months. Yeah. Is it because people said you look like Michael Bay? Oh, uh, no. I mean, the li- we can, we should be making a list of things that people people who I'm, it, people yeah. say I look like. But yeah, Michael Bay <laughs> wasn't a good one. Uh, oh, there, there's worse. I I spoke to Johnson. Of- so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, Don. Actually, you can't see him, but Don really does look like Tor Johnson. I do. <laughs> really. It's nice to have that image now in the in the, in the box. 
I'd just like put a picture of Tor Johnson in he there. He could. I don't even know how you do that on Zoom, but eh, whichever. Anyway, so here's an interesting question. Have you actually had any fans that surprised you? By which I mean, like, we're getting fans from, you know, Botswana? What? Or anything like that? So, one of... We've got fans all over the world. The oh, one... no, you go Sorry, ahead. Real. I think we can say the same thing. Yep. I was going to yep, say about Zolta. About... <laughs> yeah, same thing. Um, we... Um... The one that surprised us most is for a very long time, and our most successful review was of Zoltan, Hound of Dracula. And we didn't know why that one was doing so much better mm-hmm. than all the others. And the vast majority of the views, like 80, 90 percent of them, come from Albania. <laughs> oh, Algeria. We have no clue why. <laughs> Algeria, yeah. sorry. We still, we still <laughs> don't know why. But it's still consistently. No, not a clue. We could assume. Right. <laughs> yeah. We, our only theory is that there's like an Algerian Justin Bieber called Zoltan and people are just finding the review by mistake. Um, but in other, t- in other ways, we've got, we've had some great, great relationships with some of the fans. Um, there's an animator called Watch Waddle. Uh, we did a couple of sort of crossover reviews where we shot something for his channel. He sort of joined us in, in R1. Um, we used to do a, um, a thing where we would name the hard corner of the month so a, a fan who had sort of particularly impressed us with comments and mm. then that just just from us doing that it became this weird competition between these three guys uh who were competing <laughs> for it and they and they started making like campaign posters that they were tweeting uh, you know, trying to explain why they should be hard corner of the month, and uh, mm-hmm. it just it just went on for for ages. It was and just all organic, and they were just doing it amongst themselves. Right. Um, yeah, two of them yes. became quite good friends, and continued to make yeah, videos uh, together. They, and they even set up like a fake channel, uh, Bright Corners, um, where they <laughs> review <laughs> they review one. They review one review. One yeah. film a year, usually <laughs> the same one. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah. It, and it's styled it's, yeah. like us. Yeah. It's very but flattering. Some, didn't somebody send it to you and said, I think these guys are ripping you guys off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone, someone saw their one review and said, these guys are screwed, which is fantastic. We've got great things, that's oh. that's fantastic. That's so. Have you guys been invited to any conventions? Have you ever thought of like doing a live show someplace? No, we've never been did invited we, to a convention. Didn't we get invited to? Or it got mentioned that we should come along. I don't know if it was. Someone suggested we should come along. But it's not like he was the right, organizer right. or anything. He just thought it'd be a yeah. good idea. So yeah, not. But we'd like to. I think we would like to do it at some point. To be honest. Um, I, w- I think we were maybe thinking, of, oh, let's have a look this year, but obviously conventions yeah, are coming out yeah. at the moment. So maybe, ne- I mean, it would be lovely to look at it now that the channel's taking off mm. a little bit. I, don't, I think if we wait for the invitation, we might be mm. waiting a long time. So perhaps we should try yeah. and reach out. You can mm. set things up and you could even do like a live one. I don't know how many conventions there are in the UK, but there must be some. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely because um, that's happening here with a lot of uh, podcasts and of course some youtubers as well are doing you know they'll go to the cons and you can actually usually book a room or something like that they don't usually invite you you just book a room and say hey this is my event that i'm hosting here and people will show up and suddenly you have an audience mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah 
No, that's what, how we'd have I to can't... do it. I think we've, we've got far more fans in America than we do in Britain is the problem. And there's a real danger of us coming along to a British convention and just <laughs> right. no one being. Right. So that's it. I say you don't want to be doing it to an empty room. Uh, but again, we've talked, we've talked really about don't. doing a live show because we think there's something in it. It's just we have, especially me, I have lots of plans of content to do that just is on the to-do list. <laughs> mm, right. Um, I come up with a new idea every week and uh, a lot of them never see the light of day. <laughs> well, as long as only the good ones do, it's all good. Yeah. Well, so, so do you have a lot of interaction with like your uh, fan base then? Or? Yeah, definitely. Definitely on Patreon. We, uh, we, we chat a lot to them. Um, uh, I always, on with, with YouTube, I read every comment that goes on. If people ask a question, we do our best to answer it, uh, even if it's on like a really old review, um, and if, even if it takes like a, something that they could have figured out for themselves. Like, isn't that the actor from that episode of Columbo? And I go, I don't know. Let me check on IMDb for you. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's like stuff that they could have done themselves. Um, if anybody ever says, uh, "Oh, you should review Blackula," I go, "Well, we've already done it." So we tried to make sure that we had that interaction, um, and occasionally I'll get mm-hmm. emails from people asking for advice, and I'll give them, you know, explain how we've gone about doing it, um, you know, and a couple of people have just been really grateful and have joined us on Patreon and support mm-hmm. us on there. Some people, you'll do all of this work, explaining it all, send it to them, and you'll never get a thanks. You'll just, you'll never hear from them again. And I don't, right. and yeah. I don't understand that logic of those people, but I will always sort of answer those questions for people. Um, just because you don't know, you know, where that next Patreon member is going to come from. And I think if you if you sort of mm-hmm. properly engage with the audience, then they're more likely to support you. Um, yes, and yes. So, um, and so definitely a couple of people on Patreon, I've read scripts that they've written or I've watched stuff that they've produced and uh, things like that. And so it gets, you know, if they're giving giving us something then we're more than willing to give back right huh mm-hmm. that's fantastic question was there a certain point where you really felt this channel started to take off like was there a point where you suddenly like it went from i'm not sure to whoa well, this is this is really working there's sort of a couple of points sort of i think historically we we, we tend to sort of like muddle along for a very long time and then something will 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 big it up most notably last year when we did a uh our hammer dracula Mm -hmm. special it it did insanely well compared to our previous ones and the the channel's not really been the same since it's just got huge um huge views we couldn't have imagined a year earlier right since then but i think that 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 tends to be how it goes that 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 will that that it just goes in stages rather than a gradual Hmm. Okay. See, I, so every, I still wouldn't. I wouldn't say. Hu- I mean, there's yes. a gradual. I wouldn't build say as well. huge, but I'm always sort of you know because I can look at another channel that puts a video out and they get and oh, they yeah, get more they get more views for one video than we do for our entire lifetime. But it took us uh, something like six years to reach a million views. It took us hmm. a year and a half to get to two million. It took a year to get to three million. It took another year to get to 
five million. So that sort of ex- we're really seeing that exponential growth. So last right, year we right. did two million views. This year we're on track to do maybe four or five million. So yeah, right. it seems to almost be we're at a point where it seems to be doubling every year at the moment. Right. Actually, there's a question. Have you seen a big boost in viewership since the coronavirus lockdown happened? Definitely. We've definitely seen a, um, an yeah. uptick. I wouldn't say it was, <laughs> Don't know if that's if it was super huge, but it's, yeah, we've definitely seen more views. But the problem is it's hard to tell because two specific videos have had a very... Uh, they have done way more than we would expect for usual reviews, but I don't think that's just yeah. the coronavirus. I think it's because one's called Vampire Hookers and the other's called Slave Girls from <laughs> yeah, 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 that'll do it. <laughs> Come on, it wasn't... But even still, the views they've seen has <laughs> been... I, it's so much. They've overtaken everything else that we've done on review-wise for the last 10 years. Ouch. Uh, yeah. In yeah, less than okay. a month. Come on. I, I was going to say, I'm surprised it wasn't the Hawk the Slayer review that actually exploded out on you. No, that's, uh, that's performing um, yeah. sort of average for this season, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty good. good. That happens it's pretty good. But no, I think the problem is sometimes... Well, people know what we do now. So when there's a film that they like, then sometimes people aren't quite so keen to watch it. And Hawk the Slayer is one oh, that yes. people have affection mm-hmm. for. So nowadays, we, I think we get less hate mail than we used to, but people will sometimes deliberately steer clear of ones of films that they like because they don't want, they, they're happy enough with the fact that we do mm-hmm. make fun of it, but yeah. they don't want to hear yeah. it. I, 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 I can totally understand that. In fact, actually, that's the truth. Hawk the Slayer is one of my favorite fantasy films of all time. And I, I haven't watched it. Actually, Sorry, I haven't because I didn't watch it. Because to be honest, I'm actually afraid to watch it. There you go. <laughs> I'm afraid to watch your review of it. I'm sorry, man. That's that's the truth. No, I, I, I'm a great believer in self-censorship. It's so much better than going on watching something that you know you'll probably dislike and then slagging exactly. someone off in the comments. Just don't watch the stuff. If you don't think you'll like yeah. it, don't yep. watch it. That's so weird because I'm the opposite. Like I, I love it when you review a, one of the movies I like. But I fully acknowledge that a lot of what I like are absolutely terrible, terrible movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had um, one of sort of the more contentious ones that we did was uh, Faster Pussycat Kill Kill, which is mm. not oh. a good film, mm-hmm. but it looks great. Like Russ Meyer in that film, the techniques that he's using, the editing that he's using, the way he's shooting it are all kind of ahead of its time but the content of the film is trash and it's kind of and it's but it's a really enjoyable film so you're kind of there's enough in there for us to mock but at the end of it it's one of the few where we've kind of said that being said there's actually Mm -hmm. some really good stuff in here that we you can't really hate this film um and another one was uh, humanoids Mm. which has a really great twist Mm-hmm. which normally we don't care about revealing twists uh, because, you know, the films have been out for 70 years or something. Um, mm-hmm. But Humanoids and um, that time travel one, uh, we... Journey yeah, to the Centre of Time. We say that there's a twist, but we don't reveal what it is because we think in that sense, you are taking something away from the enjoyment of that film. Hmm. No, no, that's okay. That's interesting. So you actually, 
sometimes will try to avoid actually ruining the film for people, or at least from a spoiler perspective. If we think there's something worth spoiling, then yeah, we'll yeah. probably not. Otherwise, our reviews are right. spoilerful. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah we, we should warn our audience of um, that. Apart from the ones we've been recently, during uh, during the coronavirus, we've been doing uh, lock, um, reviews of streaming movies. Just We've just got this new strand called Dark Corners Lockdown, and those ones are spoiler-free because they're relatively new movies. Right. So, and, and we're not just... taking them, and we're not mocking them. <laughs> right. No, no, those are mostly good. Well... I think I had to go at white coffee, but that was terrible. I, I, I was going to say, so Corona Zombies is actually a good film? Is this what you're telling me? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, fair point. That one, that one didn't really. That, one, that was just one we felt we had to do because it was right there. But, um, but the fact is, it's not as bad as it could yeah. have been. Because it's not, I mean, it's not even trying to be anything. It's not trying to be a great film. It's just trying right. to be a, a film. And to just make That's people it. It's smile. almost because a lot of it is just recycled footage. It's almost like a riffs almost is a riff it, track really. of the yeah. of the content. It's so you're not really reviewing the film. They're they're sort of doing what we would do to a film um, right. or the mystery science theater guys, like they're just dubbing over the guys with funnier dialogue and right. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's pretty much a riff track of that. Oh, interesting. So, so that's why you just suddenly start doing like uh, streaming, like uh, some of net. I see some Netflix ones here as well, like the the platform, for example, and such. And what what's your goal yeah. with these? Like, are you just trying trying to do something new? Is that the idea? The initial thing was basically. Um as well as doing dark corners obviously graham has uh, various other work to go to and so when the lockdown came in suddenly he had nothing to do and i got loads of messages saying oh we can do this we can do this and i resisted the urge to say graham i work from home i actually don't have any more free time mm, right. um so uh, but we but it, it was a good idea to be honest we're not sort of like we don't want to think of it as taking advantage of the lockdown but people are watching these films and people are streaming more so it was it seemed something worth doing and it got us, hopefully it gets us in mm. touch with a new audience because we're reviewing a different kind of film and it's a different kind of re- genuine reviews rather than right, little right. comedy yeah. things. So it's just a way of growing the channel in a different direction and we may keep doing it yeah. once the lockdown And, the, and these reviews are sort of specifically designed that we the turnaround on them is much faster. Like it's, right. it's a review so it doesn't require as much thought going into finding jokes um there's no on-camera part of it so the editing's simpler uh so just yeah they're much they've got a much faster turnaround on them than the Mm. regular reviews Hmm. okay out of curiosity whose idea was the evolution of james bond posters well it came out of the advent calendar because we do um every Every year we do an advent calendar based around mm-hmm. movie posters, and I think it was Graham's idea to do um, to do James Bond posters because at the time there was the exact, and still actually there's the exact right number to do one for the for the advent days plus two bonus ones for Patreon with um, the original Casino Royale and uh, Never mm-hmm. Say Never Again. Mm-hmm. Yep, Never Say Never, whatever. And so I think that was Graham's idea, and then. Turning it into a, a, a longer video was just, I suppose, the obvious thing. We, we did that with the previous Advent calendar as well. Right. I'm sure we'll keep doing it with the right. Advent right. calendars. 
that uh, people have been on or have commented, but it's not really an evolution of the James Bond posters because we're cherry-picking right, right, yeah. funny ones or, or it, ones that interest us. So it, uh, maybe we should have given it a, a less elevated title. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's one of the ones that this is because when we when it was done as part of the advent calendar, it was kind of like, here's a James Bond poster every day. And we weren't mm. really going too much into details of it. And then when you put them all together in one video, then people are going, that's actually not the real poster that they use. That was one of the draft ones. Or, right, oh, right. you said this about this poster, but that was only used in England. The American one is far better composed. Or right, that's yeah. just the teaser poster. Well, look, yeah, it wasn't what we, it wasn't a proper study of the posters. I do regret that we didn't credit yeah. all of the um, artists in that video, mm. though. That was yeah, a bit of a yeah. oversight, right? Yeah, but the, I think it's a problem that we reach because we've done a few of the the, the big specials now that people come mm-hmm. to expect a level of research that we didn't Oops. put into the James Bond one because it was right, it was just yeah. a bit of fun. Uh, so I think lesson learned will be a little bit mm. more cautious. Well, it's always a learning process. It's always a learning mm. process. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Okay, Don, did you have any any other questions you want to ask? One well, kind of it's it's the 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 one thing that that it's it's kind of difficult for me to wrap my head around is you mentioned that a lot of these movies like the old B movies and that weren't shown uh in like the UK on on TV and that to me always seems weird because yeah, as a kid that was like a constant stream of, of entertainment that I was exposed to. And it's interesting that what you seem to be doing with, with your shows and the interaction with the fans, that sounds a lot like kind of a, a bigger scale version of what me and my friends used to do when we were young as, you know, fans and, and, and an audience for these kind of films. In what way, Don? Yeah, um, maybe we're hmm. filling a gap um, that, that 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 didn't exist here. Um, I think I wonder if the, I don't know really. I think it's just yeah. something about those films. They really reward sitting yes. and watching with mates. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know how many TV channels you grew up with. Because uh, in Eng- yeah. in England we grew up <laughs> we with four. That was all yeah, well, that was available when we were growing up. So there wasn't the sort of cable access channels where these sort of things were play uh. yeah i can i can kind of empathize because when i was as a kid like both uh rob and myself we're old when i was a kid we had 13 channels yeah about that yeah yeah so it, 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 it was it it was better but it wasn't like once you hit the 80s and i remember like a hundred channels it just damaged <laughs> everybody's brain to think about because because we we've we've wondered for a while uh the uk didn't really have horror hosts uh did they no i can't like no i mean graham mentioned mark kermode earlier but that was really once a week there'd be one classic horror film yeah that he and it wouldn't introduce. necessarily be a bad film and he, he's he's a yeah. film reviewer not it a, wouldn't even oh, necessarily sorry? be a bad film no it wasn't bad but films. they were more obscure Almost never. He was more interested. He in did like. Uh, I remember him doing one for Andromeda Strain, for example, which isn't a super great film. It's not one that I think we would review. It's a very middle of the road film. But I remember his. You know, he said yeah. like, what you need to look out for in this film is the planes that 
uh, don't crash, you'll see the airline logo. But if the plane doesn't have an airline logo on there, it's going to crash. <laughs> because obviously, you know, obviously Pan Am don't want to see footage of their plane crashing. So when it's like this generic, uh, <laughs> generic airline, that plane's going down. Right. And so, so we had like yep. a few sort of like funny observations about the films like that. Because in, in the UK, you guys, going back to the 70s and I, the, the 80s especially, I think, did you guys have a lot of shows that would be like a, a sit-down show where it wouldn't be like the horror hosts, say, making fun of movies, but more like a, the, the, this fellow you're talking about, there'd be a bit of a discussion or there would be shows about TV shows that would end up being discussions with, with people in the crew. Was that something that was pretty prevalent or... I don't recall it from the 80s um, myself. Um, I mean, you get, again, the same critic we were talking about, uh, Mark Kermo, is currently doing a show uh, called Secrets of Cinema that's a very, a really good... Uh, they, they Each episode is dealing with a different genre and he talks um, through the conventions and through the history and how these films work. And that's actually co-scripted by Kim Newman, who was the video dungeon guy we mentioned earlier. So there's there's stuff like that. We've, there's a few good film shows have been on in the past few years, but I don't recall anything specifically like that in the 80s. I mean, there's always been culture shows, the South Bank show. Mark Cousins, I think, was doing stuff in, in the 80s, another very good film. I don't know how to describe Mark Cousins, or filmmaker, film historian. Possibly yeah, because I... But I don't remember anything quite Because like I've, I've... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I don't know, go ahead, it's fine. <laughs> Oh, because I, I I've seen a lot of things on on like uh, DVDs and that that they seem to be be like talk shows, but they were they'd have these segments. It would be fairly in depth discussions about different like movies or shows or aspects of them. And like I say, there's there's a few of these people that that seem to to, to come around a lot. And that's why I'm saying I'm wondering was that kind of kind of a thing that there was more of a. Uh, I think we definitely, there was definitely sort of like good discussions about films. Um, I know there's one I think you can find online with um, Sam Raimi being interviewed about the Evil Dead and, Hmm. um, you know, how damaging that was to cinema and him justifying it. And it's quite like a long in-depth thing of them really sort of questioning him. Um, And then we've made some... I think chat shows yeah, were just okay. more serious so, then. Yeah, I think it's like the chat shows. So, um, I, I think, yeah, our chat shows back in the day used to be more akin to podcasts where you would have like quite a long sit-down chat with mm-hmm. that celebrity uh, rather than them just coming on, pimping their film and then walking off again. So, mm. um, and then... and then gone. Yeah, they were more yeah. journalistic. So that's possibly where a lot of that stuff comes from. Yeah, it makes sense because our our shows like that were just always the you'd bring out the celebrity or or the author and they'd fawn over them for five minutes and then they'd go on to the next one. Yeah, yeah. that's what we yeah, do. That's now. definitely the format now. <laughs> yeah, good American standards. Mm. All right, so here's a question then. So, do you guys have any favorites? Like, what are some of your favorite films that you've reviewed? Uh, we'll start with Robin. So, Robin, what are some of the favorite films you guys have that you've done for your channel? <laughs> oh, God. I was like, thank um, God he picked you first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's 
<clears throat> Honestly, people always say, you know, you, you review these films, you must love them. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> Out of the ones we've done, there's a couple. I do have a soft spot for the um, the ones you mentioned. The very, it's the black and white European mm-hmm. ones, the Italian ones. Uh, so stuff like Slaughter mm. of the Vampires. They're not good films, but I, I just... They have a weird charm. It's it's usually mm-hmm. the 60s ones. When you get into the 70s, they become a bit too sleazy and they, they lose... It seems weird to say that they have a charm when they're vampire mm-hmm. films. And there's stuff like um, Playgirls and the Vampire is another one, which is quite an exploitation title. But the content isn't really so exploitation because of when it's made. And I don't know. There's just something about those. They have a really nice atmosphere. I guess they've got... Uh, the, the the background sort of sorted. Mm. They've got the um, some nice car- ruined castles there they can film in, and they look good. Mm-hmm. They're they're fun. So I'd say I'd say those are the ones that I, I look forward to reviewing. Those those ones do entertain mm-hmm. me. Okay, so there's some you may not love them, but you do find them entertaining, and you 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 enjoy them on some level. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I look, those are ones I look forward to reviewing, whereas a lot of the a lot of the ones that I have to sit down and view, just oh god, really? I've got to watch <laughs> oh, this twice. Right, right. Okay, makes sense. How about you, Graham? I think that there is there is something magical about an Ed Wood film because the films okay. are terrible, yet there is something about the way that he writes which just elevates them <laughs> uh, and <laughs> makes them so much better. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, if you can pinpoint it as to why his dialogue is so bad but so quotable. Uh, in, so you know, you can't go. You can't go wrong with an Ed Wood film. Right. Uh, they seem to sort of move along at a decent pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, those those always work. I'm just like spinning through some of the other ones. I just have like favourite moments from different films. I like, oh, I just remember that joke it was really good. Right. <laughs> I like Mon- Monster and the Girl where we found this scene of the gorilla walking along the rooftops that matched exactly the scene in The Godfather Part 2 with uh, Vito <laughs> Corleone. And, li- and we, we literally just like, cut them together and, and it's exactly the same. And it was like, it's a, when you find something like that, it's just that's that's magical right <laughs> mm. my favorite thing about that though is that someone commented and said uh, no because uh, uh monster and the girl came before uh, Godfather part two <laughs> like we were seriously suggesting that they had they they cribbed right. it from godfather <laughs> okay I, I yeah i could see that all right um I'm, I'm disappointed. The se- the seance with um, Corey Feldman doesn't get oh. very many views, and oh, that, that was like that one's like a really sort of it's it's one of the late it's like an early '90s one, but it was this film that Corey Feldman did, and it's got um, Adam West in it really bizarrely, and it's <laughs> it's like one of these sort of Just one of these uh, I guess sort of where they've got digital tape, so it's you know you're a bit later, but it's. A, just this low budget film that's just terrible that never got released and then somebody leaked it online so we managed to get a copy of it so mm-hmm. nobody really knows about it so no one's ever searching for it but it's a, <laughs> it's a bloody terrible film right 
I like the fact in that that Adam West really looks like he just wandered in from the studio next door and they just kept filming. He what doesn't seem to know. Yeah. It doesn't what, doesn't help that he's on. he's from. A doesn't help that he's also film. dressed up like a homeless man. Like he's, he's not. It's not that he's walked in from another studio. He's walked yeah. in off the street. And he's like just like been ransacking the yeah. uh, concessions table. Very <laughs> yeah. okay. Well, that that kind of begs the question though. What are your least favorite films? Monster Go Go. Oh, because okay. it's boring. Uh, Gangosaurus Rex. Yeah, Monster Go Go was certainly awful. Gangosaurus Rex is there's <laughs> if if they if I've got like a sort of a a button, then it's the the, the comedy. It's when they're mm-hmm. trying to be funny mm-hmm. um, and failing. Just something that just, that just sets my teeth on edge a lot of the time. And that one was sort of like it felt like a college project. <laughs> And right. that sort of humour, that the sort of humour doesn't appeal to me at the best of times. And when it's being done mm-hmm. this badly, and they're just being stupid and expecting me to laugh, I just wanted to hit someone. <laughs> so this this was this is that's the sort of anger that I wanted to channel. Uh, right. <laughs> we, we don't, don't really do, do the angry reviews anymore, <laughs> yeah. or not so much. Right. Because when you mention that, I I've noticed you don't you don't review very many um, straight up comedies or straight up dramas is is that by choice or do they just happen to not be funny i think yeah comedies it's it's much harder to mock them when they're already trying to be funny and i think there's you know essentially nothing worse than comedy that's not funny and it's just Mm. hard to riff on it we don't tend to do drama because we kind of look at our remit as genre cinema so we're looking at horror sci-fi um you know these psychotropic films so drama doesn't really fall into it. So it, you'd have to have something weird within that drama for us to want to do it. Okay. Yeah. And very often when we stepped outside of that, then they just don't do so well. So stuff like Hard Ticket to Hawaii, which is a really funny film and it's a funny review, but it gets mm-hmm. Which is weird because that director is super popular for these sorts of films. Mm. And and that that's part of a cycle of like yeah. ten films. Yeah. The hard to get to Hawaii. There's loads of them. Such a shame if it, that it doesn't do well yeah. because we could do the rest. But there you go. Okay, so so sometimes you try things. It's like okay, this is the first film of the series. We'll try it, and then it doesn't work, and you're just like, okay, I guess we won't do the other ones. Yeah, kind of. I'm like, well, occasionally we like uh, exp- a ski bum. There's a drama that we did that flopped immensely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was that was the fault. We were, um, I think Graham saw the the trailer for Ski Bum and thought this looks like this looks right up mm-hmm. our street. It looks mad, and it does. Um, but really, everything that was in the trailer is, is the only interesting bits in the film. And what they're saying, what the the voiceover in the trailer is talking about, a different <laughs> film. They've made right. up their own plot. <laughs> it's not the film that I sat down to watch. Yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> that's the time of my life I won't get back. I don't know. Like, that has the only redeeming bit about where the hero kicks a dog. <laughs> that's, that's sort of like, that's the that's sort of the, the takeaway from it. It's like, oh, it does kick a dog. That is kind of funny in the context of this film. Doesn't he kill Doesn't the he, dog? He kills the dog. Yeah, he kills the, he kicks the dog to death. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's the hero. You don't, heroes don't yeah. do that. And it's got... In fairness, he kicks the dog, and the guy comes out and goes, "You've killed my dog." You're like, "Oh right, so that was a hard." Kick. And then he invites him in for a drink. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
but okay but yeah but it also has charlotte rampling in it which is uh, another bonus but see now we've sold you this film and you're right. probably going to want to check it out uh, but don't <laughs> it's not that good <laughs> no i i love that. that that's one of the most common things we get sent on twitter is people saying i've never heard of this film and having seen your review <laughs> i want to watch it right. misunderstood completely yeah, we, don't we do watch it, it so do you it. don't have to <laughs> Well, no, I, I'll, I'll admit there's there's a bunch of movies that, yeah, after seeing your review, I've like, I, I have to see. That's how I, I Zontar, the talk of Dracula. That's why I went out and got a copy of it, because I feel a review. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Algerians. <laughs> Actually, did I did, it? but that... that it, it it goes there along go. with what I said before that I fully acknowledge that a lot of my favorite things are terrible. Yeah, I kind of like it. I think it feel like it it sort of justifies it because every now and then I do think, is this a very nice way to sort of like make money to make fun of what other people have worked hard on? But you know what? More people are watching these films because we do this. It's not like people are actually avoiding them because of what we say. Mm, yeah. It's the complete reverse. So feel better <laughs> for it. Well, I, I can see that because again, like um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that anybody who would enjoy the these films isn't that they, they already know when when you see something with yeah a title like um, Vampire Hookers, you kind of know you're not you're not getting Shakespeare yeah. here. You're probably cool with with something that's a little <laughs> little more um, rough. See, tied. you you picked the wrong film for that because in in uh, in that film you do get a little bit of Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the main character does you quote do. Shakespeare a few times, and Walt Whitman and several other poets. He said, "I I will amend it to one that I don't think has redeeming value. How about we go with uh, Hard Rock Zombies then?" Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, that's another. That yes, it was. <laughs> I don't know how to categorize Hard Rock Zombies. I, I, I believe hard unfortunate would cover it. But hard is it? <laughs> hard Rock Zombies, they were making another film and Hard Rock Zombies was the film within the film that they were making and they just extended it. Is it that way round? It was certainly it was meant to be like an hour long for some yeah, reason. But I think so they, maybe that was the reason. I remember yeah, they had they, to extend They basically it shot lot. some scenes and it was just to play at a cinema in a different film. And then they went, ah, oh, let's just make the whole thing. <laughs> that that explains so like much. <laughs> yeah, yes it does. <laughs> A love story for the ages. It was, yes. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. No, I do. I do like uh, a good musical when we find one that uh, fits the remit. There's not. There's not many. I like bad, mm-hmm. bad movie musicals, which are also, um, you know, fit the genre of sci-fi or horror. Uh, so when when they come along, I do like them. I, like the Apple is fantastically mm. mental. Yeah, I I think if you get to the uh, '80s direct-to-video stuff, like you were saying, I think you'll find find there 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 was a fair amount of those for a bit. <laughs> Depending on your Piazzadora tolerance level, there was a there was a bunch of those. Yeah. Okay, so I think that probably I think for for time wise, I think we're pretty good. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to discuss, Don? Anything else you want to ask them? The only thing I would I, I kind of would wonder about is when you look at newer movies, are there any newer movies that you would like to uh, give the treatment to, as it were? 
Mm-hmm. Not immediately, uh, but the one that springs to mind would be Serenity, which came out last year. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you saw that with Matthew McConaughey and... Um, Oh, I forget who else it was, uh, but the writer behind Peaky Blinders. So you've got, yeah, you've got um, Anne Hathaway. So you've got mm-hmm. tops. You've got a really stellar cast, a writer from a great background of Peaky Blinders, and and the film is terrible because they just missed the mark on it. And and it's that's one of those beautiful things of where you've got a whole bunch of talent and something is mm-hmm. really bizarre idea, and they've just missed the mark by a mile. Uh, hmm. I I happened to see the test screening of it about a year before it was released, and when the, we were doing the chat afterwards, it was like, you know, a mystery science theatre riff track. Like we were all just <laughs> ripping on the film. Right. Like they knew they knew they had problems when they had that screening, and I think we validated all of the problems that it had and then they just and then they sat on it for a year trying to think how they were going to get out of it i think they shot some new scenes uh which don't help Mm. (laughs) but serenity is one cats obviously has got a lot of attention and uh, prometheus uh was prometheus like the first half of that film great sci-fi and then everybody starts acting stupid like mm. you know, they where they they're in the cave going, oh, there's oxygen in here, and he takes off his mask as if there wouldn't be any other alien pathogens in the air that might mm. <laughs> you might not want to suck in, or the you know the animal expert who starts prodding at the uh, penis snake. It's just <laughs> just it just goes from like a really interesting sci-fi into stupid B movie territory where actors just mm. with a the characters just don't act like humans anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't that for you, yeah. Robin. Um, yeah, I. There must be some. I mean, I guess our style you can sort of do with anything, but it's hard to think of. You really never know what's going to last. What we would want to be doing in like mm-hmm. ten years' time, presumably. Then we can come back and do some more modern films, if we're still doing this. But. I mean, you, you can do it with any... I can't think of anything specific, if I'm honest. I'm glad yeah. Graham talked for a long time about that, because I'm going to be useless yeah. on this question. But that actually, no. I just, I t- the thing is, when I go to the cinema, I tend to only go and see films that I think, I'm, that I, I think I've got a really good chance mm. of liking. Yeah, me too. Um, also, I'm kind of out of step with a lot of modern cinema, so what I might want to do might not be such a good thing. I'd, I'd happily um, review uh, Force Awakens or something and... and Oh no! Like people love bitching on Star Wars now that it's. Oh like, yeah, they do. It's like the most common thing, and it's. Uh, yeah, but I don't want to be part of that. I want to review. I don't want to be part of the. Let's yeah. just rag on oh, everything. No, I just, yeah, I'm very. I get very tired of that sort of mm-hmm. thing, which is to hate on stuff just to hate on it, um, or yeah. to get likes and things. You know, it's like why is the Force? Aw-? No, why the, all of the Last Jedi stuff? I just found bizarre that people mm-hmm. just jumped on it and then the next film mm-hmm. comes out and they go, oh, the hating on Star Wars is the new thing. And it's like, it, yeah, well, they're not they're not great films, but they're also not quite so deserving of that onslaught of hatred and mm-hmm. pickiness yeah. that's not yeah. done in an intellectual or, or a comedic way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can totally see that. Yeah. Uh, so... 
that what Robin did lead into one thing that we should we should talk about before we finish, um, which is so what is the future do you think for your channel? Like where do you guys want to go with this? Should I take this one? Uh, I I'd love us to do. To, the idea is to keep doing what we're doing at the moment which is the weekly reviews and then mm -hmm. we want to just produce more of these in-depth specials um that we've done so you know these hammer uh, sort of in-depth look at the hammer frankenstein series the dracula mm -hmm. ones um you know there's we want to have like a good look at some great films um i think that's one of the things we want to spend more time on but it just as the more we've done the more picky we've got about it and you can't cheapen out on it so you want to put in maximum effort and you want to do the research so it involves not just watching the films and coming up with some jokes it's watching the films it's reading books it's finding mm -hmm, documentaries mm -hmm. it's finding interviews just building up a lot of information so we can make something that's worthwhile people watching so they learn something um, while also giving our own opinion of it right so so we've got quite a few things like that in the pipeline but they all just take a lot more time to do so mm. <laughs> yeah if we could do it full time then we we could get them out faster mm -hmm. right well you you heard that audience get in there and <laughs> patreon them <laughs> become patrons give them what they deserve thank you <laughs> All right. So thank you so much, Graham and Robin, thank for coming you for on the show. Us. Yeah. This thank has been you. just a fascinating interview. Right. It's been great to, to learn more about the background of your channel. And uh, hopefully um, some of our audience will go and check out your channel. There'll be links in the show notes, of course. And, um, and, and they'll be able to learn more about the darker corners of this sick world. Lovely. There we go. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, please drop by ObeyTheDNA.com uh, to leave your comments or thoughts or check out the show notes. And we'll be back next time with something almost as awesome as this. Take care, everyone. Thanks Good a lot, night. guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to hear more or join the conversation, come visit us at ObeyTheDNA.com. You can also find us on iTunes or whatever fine podcast site forgot to lock their back door. So until next time, remember that to master the nerdly arts takes time, practice, and enough Coca-Cola to drop a rhino. See ya!